All right. Hey there, guys. What's going hey on? Now. Happy yeah. Thursday. Happy Thursday. Hey, happy Thursday. That's that's what I was missing. There that's is. what I was missing. Joy? It was a happy Thursday. <laughs> 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 Are you guys yeah. hanging in there? Yeah. yeah all right. In our know. respective corners of the world? Indeed. Indeed. Glad to hear it. Well, welcome to episode 45 of You Should Check It Out. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Gregory. <laughs> He's allowed to call himself whatever he That's wants. That's his name. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Gregory just turned 62. Happy, uh, happy birthday. Yeah, bring it in. Yes. Yeah. All right. That meant happy birthday, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank I'm you. So, I, I almost missed your birthday yesterday, Greg. Almost. I, I, was ro- I was tracking you, buddy. <laughs> just kidding. I I was right. on it just minutes after yeah. Jay was. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, you guys got that three hour uh, home field advantage. No joke. No joke. Yeah. No joke. Uh, <laughs> well, better yeah, late got, than never. Yo, you do. You, y'all weren't late though. I got it. I got it. And Excellent. I was Boom. I was very happy to hear from you. I had a very nice birthday and uh, looking forward to a few more. You know, yeah. many, more. Uh, <laughs> many more. Many more. Many, we'll many more. Well, we we, we at, here at uh, you should check it out. HQ have been, uh-huh. you know, viewing the events of the last couple weeks, taking it in, um, taking it in. It's been it's been weird. It's been tense. I don't that's know. A I, I, that's a good way to put it. Tense. Tense. It's yeah. it's felt more tense. It's felt more real and and more visceral. Yeah, and not manufactured I've... tense, but like legit tense. Yeah, legit tense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ugliness going on in the world right now. And, uh, we're not going to delve into the politics. We try to keep above that. We're not, certainly not experts in that realm, although we all have our opinions. So we thought we would talk about some music this week. What do you guys say? Yes. Let's talk about the music as we usually do. Music sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. So Greg, you, you said you were listening to a new album that uh, just came out this week which that's got correct this? yeah um i've been looking forward to this one for a while run the jewels rtj4 this, yes. they put out rtj1 rtj2 rtj3 and now four is out mm-hmm. i've been looking forward to this they recorded it with rick rubin over the last year all oh, right nice and it features you know killer mike who is somewhat of a not just somewhat but he's an he's a very Prolific. Active activist, yeah. yeah, prolific activist, and um, you know has spent a lot of time with Bernie Sanders on the campaign trail. And whether it's you know making a speech to protesters or whether it's dropping a hype verse, he's very hmm. eloquent. So um, yeah, I thought we'd play a little bit of their new uh, record and get people hip to it if they haven't heard this duo before, this band or whatever you want to call it, this group, because I love everything they've put out so far, and this is no exception. From the ages one to four, around the age of five, you shift away from your body to be stored. They promise education, but really they give you tests and scores. And they predict in prison population by who's going the lowest. And usually the lowest scores, the poorest, and they look like me. And every day on the evening news, they feed your fear for free. And you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me. Until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly the travesty, you've been robbed of your empathy. Replaced it with apathy. I wish I could magically 
Fast forward to future so then you can face it and see how f***ed up it'll be I promise I'm honest, they coming for you the day after they coming for me I'm reading Chomsky, I'm reading Bukowski, I'm laying low for a week I said something on behalf of my people and I popped up in WikiLeaks Thank God that I'm covered, the devil can smother then you know the evil don't sleep Dick Gregory told me a couple of secrets before we lay down in his grave All of us serve the same masters all of us nothing but slaves Never forgetting the story of Jesus The hero was killed by the state It's hot, man That's unbelievable yeah, man. I can't that believe was... that wasn't just laid down last week Nah, man Yeah, because he's talking about, you know He's, he's making a mm-hmm. reference to Eric yep. Garner And then, yep. you know, the George Floyd thing Happened to have the same uh, yeah. The same expression, you know So, yeah, just been Listening to that And, um, you know, I, I know that they're active Again, you know whether it's online or um, again, Killer Mike, you know he's the—I guess he's the son of a uh, Atlanta police officer. Mm-hmm. So oh, when really? riots were going on in Atlanta, he made this really eloquent, powerful speech to sort of encourage people who were out potentially getting themselves into dangerous situations to rather just kind of go home, organize, and like you know rally and figure out how to vote you know, and make change that way. And mm-hmm. yeah. so that, that stuck with me, but I was going to listen to this record anyway, but the <laughs> fact that the record came out and killer Mike was like kind of all over the news, yeah, blowing you know, up, for, for making real. this speech, you know, like, and it wasn't just a speech on his, I mean, he was invited to a press conference by the police that I could the be, mayor I could of be Atlanta. wrong about yeah. this, but it was the, it was, it was the mayor. Okay. There you go. So uh. it was an official, you know, people wanted him to speak um, because that's kind of how, how far his word goes now i was uh i was definitely struck by that because here's a musician who's actually using his this his combination of his activism and his you know musical his craft stature his craft yeah to um not only get the word out but really to like sort of almost like hone this fresh position on where you're a part of this resistance but you're also encouraging not just raw emotion to come out but rather like an organized action mm-hmm. yeah action you know yeah. um because this is a time where it is tense i mean like you know i live in la i live in culver city and um the past couple of weeks there's been a lot of sirens a lot of booms yeah. you know and i have the citizen app and people are like oh you know it's just fireworks like don't worry about it but it's just like you're hearing all this stuff around mm-hmm. you and you're like wow this is you know there's stuff going on out there and well it's anyway. just remarkable i mean like like nick said i mean that this song was recorded to commemorate eric garner or at least in reference to him but you know it's it's a uh it's symbolic of the whole issue with George Floyd that the same issue has come up again yeah. and it's, and it's relevant now, you know, it's, it's unfortunate right. that it's this, that it sounds like it was made for events of a week and a half ago. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, those guys are great. And, and thank you for hipping me to that record, Greg, cause it's something I probably wouldn't have listened to otherwise, but it's great. It's, it's really powerful and it's cool to hear uh, Zach De La Rocha on there. Yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah, he, he does a uh, one guest appearance on every single album of theirs, and they were yeah, going right. to you know uh, pre COVID uh, Rage announced their big tour. We talked about that on the podcast. <laughs> right. Run the Jewels yep. was the opener. Yet another yeah, and, casualty. Uh, oh man, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, imagine if that was happening now, what it would be happening to uh, mm. those shows and I, like know, politically, I, I it would wa- be getting so much attention. I wonder though. I wonder how much the desire to get out and do something has has kind of amplified the the response this time not not in a disingenuous way but just in a yeah i've got nothing to do and then holy crap this thing happens that's so i don't know i bird clock sorry uh bird clock <laughs> damn you bird clock 
Bird clock, bird clock doesn't agree that. with you. I'm, I'm. <laughs> bird clock's calling you on your bullshit. <laughs> so, just shut your face, come no, come. No, it's, <laughs> it's sending out another tweet. Right, that's what yeah, it's doing. Yeah, that's it's, that's what it there is. There it is. It's tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it, I, I think you get there's the something to that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't know yeah. if anybody could ever know one way or the other, but it definitely seems like the two are going to be forever intertwined in our minds you know like in the history books they're definitely going to be 2020 covid and george floyd the point i was yeah the point i was trying to get at was that they you know you're stuck in the house because of this pandemic and then this thing happens that really kind of this is the thing that's that's gonna that, that actually transcends the whole quarantine thing like it's more important to get out and speak about this so i think there's a lot of anger being brought to that a lot of frustration being brought to that already just having been cooped up for two months. And this is finally yeah, yeah. the time to get together, assemble and speak about something you care about. I think it's coming out a lot more viscerally than it might have yeah. otherwise. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the only yeah. point. Was- and the other thing I wanted to say, and I, I meant to mention this in the, in the intro is that, you know, we're not going to try to talk about politics, but kind of the, the thrust of this episode, if there is one was kind of to talk about the history of passive resistance through music. And the way that music can be used as a tool for resistance against oppression or, you know, a system that isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to mention that because I, I forgot to at the top, but uh, that's that's kind of the, the slant here. So, Greg, did you have anything, any other songs that kind of fell in that in that wheelhouse? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if while I have the floor, um, you know, I thought this would be a great opportunity to bring up something that I've been meaning to to bring up actually on the show, which was the passing of uh, drummer Tony Allen, who mm. was the drummer in Fela Kuti's band. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. you know, that, that monster. Um, yeah. Monster and definitely an innovator. Um, that music, you know, is definitely music of resistance to the Nigerian government. And, you know, Fela Kuti, I don't know if you ever heard of this documentary called music is the weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah. on Netflix for a while. If you haven't seen it, you should absolutely watch it. I remember being, you know, felt like I got hit by by a brick when I watched yeah. it. Um, yeah. Because one of the things that people don't realize about Fela Kuti is that I mean, he was really at war with the government, and they actually came and to his house, and some of his relatives were killed. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, yeah. and they, just because he was performing music, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and being yeah. outspoken about him. So this song that I'd like to play, if, if anybody hasn't heard this one, is maybe one of his most well-known. It's called Zombie. And Zombie was a reference to basically a, a corrupt police officer or soldier. And uh, you should check it out. Zombie, oh, zombie. Zombie, oh, zombie. Zombie, oh, zombie. Zombie no go go unless you tell him to go. Zombie, zombie no go stop unless you tell him to stop. Zombie, zombie no go turn unless you tell him to turn. Zombie, zombie no go think unless you tell him to think. Zombie, zombie yo oh, zombie. Zombie yo oh, zombie. Zombie yo oh, zombie. Zombie no go go unless you tell him to go. Zombie no go stop unless you tell him to stop. Zombie no go turn unless you tell him to turn. Zombie no go think unless you tell him to think. Zombie yo zombie. Zombie yo zombie. Tell him to go straight. Najoro jara joro. 
No break, no jam, no sense. I juro, jar, I juro. Tell him to go kill. I juro, jar, I juro. No break, no jam, no sense. I juro, jar, I juro. Tell him to go quench. I juro, jar, I juro. No break, no jam, no sense. I juro, jar, I juro. Go and kill. Go and die. Go and die. Go and quench. Put up all the verses. Love that track and you know it, it honestly wasn't until that that documentary that i got a lot of the political messaging in in Fela's music mm-hmm. um just because it's such good music you know you don't necessarily think about that part if you're just jamming along to it you know and that's yeah. the power of music honestly is that you know it can kind of be a, a like a subliminal like a carrier message that comes in you mm-hmm. know on on the airwaves that uh you know, you don't pick up on it until you until you get tuned into that frequency. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So yeah, this tune was a uh, basically a scathing attack on the uh, Nigerian government and uh, its methods and its soldiers, and it set off a fury. And uh, yeah. they came after him, you know. And he was basically mm-hmm. at war with his own government. You know, I, it's been a while since I've seen that documentary, so I, I can't go into the specifics, but I just know that it was a real struggle. Tony Allen was part of his band and his sound, and I meant to pay yeah. homage to him um, when he passed away about a month ago. So yeah. um, I thought I'd bring up yeah, Fela and his music and Tony Allen. Yeah, and a, and a monster. I mean, like he like created Afrobeat, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, hold it. hell of a drummer. I'd say that's a legacy. Mm, that's a legacy worth, worth uh, exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of legacies, man, uh, Nick, and also speaking of passive resistance through music, what you got for us this week, man? Oh, boy. So at the top, you <laughs> said you weren't, we weren't going to talk about politics. Um, well, we're going to talk <laughs> no, around politics. Uh, well, so I've, I've been having, um, actually, I think it was that Monday evening, Jay, you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or it was last Monday, we had recorded, this was just kind of coming out, the, the George Floyd protests yeah. had just started, and you asked me if I watched it, and I said, nope. The video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I it, to be honest with you, and, and your response was that you had not, because you don't normally watch that kind of thing, and I feel the same way as you. I don't normally watch those kind of videos. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I did go ahead and watch it, uh, and the reason that I don't typically watch it is because I feel like I'm watching a snuff film, like I don't yeah. I don't want to see somebody else's life taken. It's it's too, it's sure. too painful. Um, but that's at the same form. time. It, it, well, it, yeah. yeah, it's I mean it's just straight up the you know somebody's life being taken. There's no I get no joy yeah. out of that. Um, no, I get you. I I also have pretty well-developed thoughts about the issues surrounding this, I feel like, or I try to read as much as I can. Okay. But I've been having a hard time imagining, like, what, if anything, we could or should contribute to the conversation, which is why I was really excited when we came up with the the resistance idea about this. But before we started recording, we said we were going to say what we mean and mean what we say. So I did just kind of want to throw out some stuff that I just feel like I have to just put out there, uh, which is that- Please, please. So for those that haven't watched the George Floyd video, you know, you don't, you don't have to watch this. It's, it's eight minutes of, of the, it's the final eight minutes of a man's life. And it is horrific and it is plain and simple watching a man being murdered. And more importantly, though, it it leaves no room for misinterpretation that, that someone, you know, when someone brings up the tired argument that you don't understand the mentality or the mindset that the police are in in a certain circumstance and what may look innocuous to you 
you know, it could have actually been a perceived threat at the moment and you've got to give the police the benefit of the day. Like none of that exists in this circumstance. The, yeah. The guy yeah. had no weapons. He he was thought to have been carrying a counterfeit 20 and a man kneeled on his neck for eight minutes until he died. Yeah. So that being said, how do three like middle-aged white guys who have a podcast about music, you know, talk about this in a, in a way that, I don't know, does anything other than just pays homage to the circumstance at hand. And I think we can all say that we're 100% behind the protesters. I, I hope I've, uh, everybody's okay with me saying that. Yep. The, the thing though, that I'm, that I, I, I it, it's been made too much about police reform in my mind, in, in my, in my mind. There's just an inherent racism that exists still in this country that we're not willing to talk about or, or, or be comfortable talking about. And, and, and I have to say that I, I'm kind of reluctant or embarrassed to admit it, but it was, it really wasn't until about the 2008 presidential elections that I saw or realized for myself, like how alive and well and pernicious yeah. racism was in, in the country. Um, during that campaign, and it wasn't just it wasn't just crowds of people that that John McCain would talk down and say no 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 we don't say that about about the senator, and it wasn't just the conspiracy theories about him not being born in in America or, or about him being Muslim, which in the moment was like a blatant attempt to use anything other than his race to put him squarely in the other column. It, yeah. it was, and this also may sound naive um, and silly, but it was the. It was the overnight shift that happened in, in right-wing media. What, as soon as they realized how much that connected, that idea that we can we can use the you know whether or not he's Muslim and or whether or not he legitimately was born in Hawaii as the thing that will gather people together and give you something other than the fact that he's black as the problem with this guy because it was never his issues yep. at, at that moment. It became any issue that could that could pop up became the hot right. hot right. point or the the thing that that set everybody off, but. It, that that's what it was about until the issue started being discussed. Watching that happen at the time, which at the time I I actually identified myself as mostly Republican. Yep. That that was my my sign off point. I, I'm independent, and that's you know that's again we're not a politics show. I don't mean to make it about that, but I, I needed to bring that up because the other the other big thing that popped out of my head when thinking about about this was Colin Kaepernick. The way that that story was manipulated and turned into something that it was not, th there was a there's a story of this this guy. His name's Nate Boyer. He's a long he's mm -hmm. a long kicker. Oh no, I'm sorry, a long snapper, uh, football player. He played at Texas. He was a, a green beret in the army. Um, yeah. Went on. He wasn't drafted, but he practiced with the Seahawks. And in 2015 or 2016, 2015, he he was close with Kaepernick and he kind of pulled him, Kaepernick at the time had been protesting police violence by sitting on the bench. And Boyer came to him and said, look, here, here's what we do uh, in, in the army. When we need to honor somebody who's fallen, we take a knee. And, and that's to show honor and respect to those that have fallen. The way that that was turned, quite honestly, by our by our president into a disrespect, an outright disrespect of the flag was such a disingenuous manipulation of what was actually going on there. And it, it immediately polarized an issue that we all should have been able to get behind. Um, yeah. that it, it, it's just, it's just infuriating. It's absolutely yeah. infuriating. It makes me like shake. Um, yeah. so 
I, I needed to get that out there because it, because it's n- it's not police reform. It, it's it's more than that, and 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 we're not sitting here positing solutions. And and, and I'm done on my soapbox. I promise. I'm not going to bring up politics again. But I, I just hey, needed hey, to. Hey, no, I I hear you, man. I, yeah. I I totally understand, and I feel the same way. I understand, and uh, although <laughs> we have very seriously walked back on our no politics promise at the beginning of this episode, I that's. Yeah, I, I, I'm with I'm with you, Nick, and and yeah. thank you for that. And please, okay. So music. <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> um, I'm actually really glad that Greg brought up uh, Fela Kuti because you know we in America have uh, something that Nigeria did not at the time, which which is this free speech idea. The the interesting thing about resistance in music in America is that the like over the past 100 years. It's really it's kind of come into the fold when policy couldn't get it done, right? So, because what it does is it's it's much more slow moving and organic, but it it's served to bring to the collective awareness uh, an issue that maybe was getting ignored or or just not covered or outright suppressed, or in a lot of circumstances just easier not to think about. Sure, um, sure. So mm. I. I kind of wanted to bring it up from uh, back in the day, and and this probably this topic of passive passive resistance in music in, in America. I'm positive it's like a college course that you can take. So there's no chance in hell we're going to cover anything near <laughs> any of it, really. Um, but there were there were two songs that that I thought about, and and one was from from 1939, and it's Billie Holiday's "Strange Fruit." Like you said, there's been whole college courses, probably just about that song in in particular. But it's always worth coming back to, and it's it's one of those songs that y- you listen to it and it's just wow, just just smacks in and unbelievable that she had the uh, tenacity Oof. and the courage to to record and and write a song like that. It's I believe that the the poem was written by it was written by uh, Abel Mir- Mirapol. Mirapol. Okay. Yeah, under the pseudonym Lewis Allen. It was a poem about lynchings. 
the, the funny thing is that it, you know today you hear kind of like with in the t- in the in the age of of cell phone cameras that all these events are being captured that were never captured before. But we've had photography around and and video yeah, cameras, and sure. there were lots of pictures published of of lynchings. Um, they were just captioned with this this bad person did this thing, um, and and this song was different though because it 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 created the analogy of of a human being as being this this strange fruit hanging from this tree and like what an odd this is a human being being strung from yeah. a tree like a strange piece of fruit uh, and it actually it was sent to senators that the actual song track to show solidarity on an anti-lynching bill that had not been able to get through the senate for over a decade at the point that it was that this song came out so it connected in a way that imagery couldn't and was also used as a way to signify where constituents stood to their representatives. Sure. Well, I'll tell you the the most recent time that, that song has been brought home to me was was watching the uh, Henry Louis Gates incredible documentary oh, on yeah. Reconstruction. Reconstruction, yeah. And I don't know if you guys have watched that or not, but it's no. I mean that it, it's honestly that's the American history lesson that if it should be compulsory, like if that was made to be watched by every single American. Mm-hmm. Um, it would go a long way to righting the wrongs that we've talked about on this program. And or at least give it. the awareness that the Civil War was not about states' rights. <laughs> I, I, was a, I was a history major in, in college, and you know I thought I knew a good bit about what made the U.S. tick around that time, but I had no idea. Yeah. I honestly had, had no idea. And, and how much has been uh, whitewashed, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, and how much has been swept under the rug and how much has been assumed taken care of that, that still has left to be done mm-hmm. um, is pretty pretty remarkable. Mm. Yeah, and, and actually, I don't have a song pick for, but but Nina Simone also had a great, great version of that song. Uh, oh, yeah. She was another very prolific civil rights era uh, singer that, that did a lot to reach, you know, music is the common language, right? Uh, so... Mm-hmm. It connects with people in a way that where it can kind of transcend those differences, if you will. But but the other song that I wanted to play was by an artist named Odetta, um, yeah. who really doesn't get enough kind of mentioned. I don't know. I, it, <laughs> She's she just fantastic, man. She is absolutely fantastic. She's a blues, folk, spiritual uh, a singer who I think ended up getting into jazz as well. But real pivotal uh, influence on Dylan, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah. Rosa Parks like favorite artist ever. Um, um, <laughs> but, um, but she, she had a, a way of kind of taking, taking old spiritual songs, which were actually like a, a lot of the songs that she ended up doing versions of were, um, were actually slave protest songs that were sung in the fields. She would take those and kind of give them her own spin. And there was a particular track that I thought felt right for now, which is called, uh, ain't no grave. Right on. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Ain't no grave can hold my body down, my body down. When the first trumpet sound, I begin up walking around. Ain't no grave. And its trees was paved with gold 
beautiful absolutely beautiful yep. yeah so yeah so i mean i could i could keep on going i, I didn't even get into like vietnam and all that stuff because it's just just too much to cover really well thank you so much man it's it's it was great and and the, the songs you did touch on are are really pivotal and uh really kind of are an excellent example of how long this has been going on and how long you know, we've been talking about this and you mm-hmm. mentioned Vietnam and I guess I would push back on, on what you said a little bit earlier. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, it's a, it's a systemic issue, um, around racism in America and it's so inculcated into the culture and that you didn't realize that it happened, you know, that it was such a big issue until 2008. And I would, I would actually kind of track with you on that. Um, but I, I think that, that the police are part of the problem and that are they are part of the system that needs to be reformed. I don't disagree with any of the statements you made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with any of the sentiments you had, but sure. Um, I think now is a time when it's, it's a time for pointing out when enough is enough. And uh, you know, the city of Minneapolis, <laughs> just the city council voted to, to disband their police department. And we'll see they what the, the ramifications of, of that will be. But you know, we're, I think we're going to see a lot more strong action like that. Uh, you know um, what? I hope so. Coming. And and I, I didn't mean that as a way to say that, like, the police have no – there's no there's no fault here. I, the fundamental thing with, with that I have a hard time reconciling is it's hard to argue against the militarization of the police when the average number of guns in the house uh, per household is – is, is as high as it is, and Fair, I, I am not. Right? <laughs> I am not a. I am not an anti-gun person, really. But I mean, the more you arm, the the more the police are going to need to have stronger arms. It, it, it's a no-win battle. It's kind of like the you know the race to the bottom, if you will. So yeah. whenever that's brought I, up, whenever that's brought up, is like not knowing if this person had a gun, um, because yeah, there's I, no way I, to track. You know, it's it's it's. I'm with I'm with you on the militarization. I think it's more the relationship between the police and the communities that, sure. they, that they are they are to serve that yes. needs to be corrected. Yeah, but. and there's some really cool ideas coming out of 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 all over the place right now, which is cool. Yep. Community related. Yeah. Mm. All right. Deep Jay. breath time. Jay. Thank you. <laughs> well, I I you know just to wrap things up, I've been going on a deep dive on uh, Adam Neely's uh, YouTube channel lately. Him and Rick Bieto. I don't know if you guys watch it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I mean, that's uh, a lot of hours sunk in the past week. But (laughs) um, great, great content. And, you know, they're both very smart people and and much better musicians than I than I will ever be. But uh, Adam kind of came out of left field uh, last week in response to all this. Just did a very short episode about uh, an incident that I was familiar with. And I think has kind of been 
swept under the, the rug a little bit. Anybody who's read Miles Davis's biography or, you know, is familiar with the man probably is familiar with a famous incident that happened in uh, August 25th, 1959. It was outside of a concert of his that he was given at Birdland, I believe, the club in New York City. And, you know, it was during a set break. He stepped outside for a cigarette and a, uh, a New York City cop came up and said, uh, you, know, you can't be here, buddy. You, know, you need to move along, move on. And Miles said, the hell are you talking about move on? Move on for what? That's my name up there on the marquee. I'm Miles Davis. That's me. And uh, the police officer said, no, nah, you can't you can't be here. You can't be loitering here. And, you know, an altercation or, you know, ensued. The police officer called for backup and they ended up beating Miles Davis, you know, over the head and body with a baton. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing about it, and th- this was a week. This happened August 25th, 1959. This was a week after he released the album Kind of Blue. Jeez, Pete's. Mm. which, you know, in today's culture is like, it's the <laughs> jazz album. If you know a yeah. jazz, jazz album, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably time out <laughs> right. and kind of blue, right? To to think that this man was treated in this way, you know, while his name was on the marquee, while he's standing under his own marquee in New York City after one of the greatest albums of all time had been released it's just, you know, it's shocking and goes to show, you know, how much more work we have to do and how far, how little progress we've made in, in that time. Um, hmm. So please go check out Adam Neely's, Neely's video. All the information I just spouted out is just from there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's pretty powerful. And he lives in New York City and, uh, you know, he has some moving pictures of him walking amongst the demonstrators and great stuff. So please go check that out. Sweet. Mm. Definitely will do. You've been on an Adam Neely kick. Oh yeah. Great. yeah, hardcore man. Good. <laughs> well, I feel like on. I'm finally like I'm I'm finally <laughs> trying to catch up on all the uh, jazz harmony information that Greg tried to teach me back ah, in the day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I saw his video of like the seven levels, you know, and like <laughs> he gets awesome. to four, and I'm already like, what the? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he he does he goes pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you know, people are. People are, uh, this is like a wound that just keeps getting reopened. And um, I want to say too that it's, it doesn't, it feels like the, the George Floyd thing. If you, if you backtrack to um, Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like all, all, all these, it's like dominoes that have just kept falling. And then you combine this like wicked coronavirus thing. And it, I don't know, it's been a recipe for, Hopefully not disaster, man, because like, well, I support the pr- the protesters, but the one thing I do have to get off my chest is that, you know, this comes like a week after everybody was like, do not go outside, do not gather. And mm-hmm. I understand this is a very important cause, but if you, if Black Lives Matter, Black li- black people are dying of coronavirus at like twice the rate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we got to get rid of this thing, you know, right. like that's my only thing. And like, I, as far as protesting, you know, this brutality I'm all for it, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, I just can't help but be like, but I thought we were a week ago, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a week ago, people were protesting something else and people were, de- and they were being demonized for going out, for gathering. Yeah, that's right. that's, that's right. the only point I'm trying to make. And I'm not saying that I'm with, you know, I I, I don't want to get in a political side here because I know how sensitive no. things are no, and fine. I have infinite, you know, respect for, for everyone. I just hope people don't stop thinking. That's all. Right. Yeah. Right. 
You know what right. I mean? Because I understand, like everyone's feeling right now. Uh, you, and no, too. to your point, yep. to your point, like what the hell was it all for? <laughs> Why did we just go through this economic turmoil? Yeah. If if we're, yeah, no, absolutely right. Yeah. No, it's, and and, and it's the, a valid point. you know th- that, and I mean, because if, if it comes back, dude, it's really, really, really gonna mess things it up. Never left. Ev- all it never of left. Us. We just got tired of especially, thinking about it. <laughs> especially, the, especially the black community who's been hit really fucking hard. Yeah. You know, and and so many jobs are, are have been lost, etc. You know, that's a, that's a yep. that's definitely something that I I've, I have trouble shaking. Yeah. Um, you know. yeah. When I well, say I what, think when I say what was it for, I mean like what were we quarantining for with the yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we're so close to to like really seeing the numbers go way way down. And guess what? They're coming back up. And so there's that. And then also, I mean, just while while I again, I support the the protest. It's not the, the cops were charged. Like we're all on the same side of this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, again, like even like people like Rush Limbaugh were like, yeah, this is obviously a case of police brutality. I can't like, you know, even like the most. Well, no. And there's no, you know, but the issue is that these things keep getting like, yeah, there's a reaction Mm -hmm. and then it goes back to normal. Nothing, nothing. Right. And there's a reaction and it goes back to normal. That's what we're talking about. You know, this stuff has been going on since 1943 with Bud Powell almost getting beaten to death. Yeah, by, absolutely, know, man. So there's no. a reaction, like just to push back on you a little bit. I mean, this has got this stuff has got it. The message has has to come out, and it's almost more important. Yeah. It's not more important than saving lives, but it's not. The message and, and is, also, is very important. We're two weeks into every state in the union lifting the like the the stay at home orders. So th- this wasn't like. The protests that were occurring that were getting pushed back on was about a, about a month ago, and then mm-hmm. states started easing restrictions, and then there was like this collective, okay, we're just sick of this, even though it hasn't gone away at all, and we weren't close to it going away. Um, yeah. th- this past Sunday marked the the highest incident of of uh, of spread, um, oh, and that's no. coming that's coming that's from the week prior prior to the protests. Right. So right. this certainly is not going to help. Like I said, I I, I think it was a matter of respecting the orders to stay uh, in quarantine until something that tapped into a more visceral anger uh, that, that's yeah. been going on much longer. Uh, yeah. And you're right. It was Arbery and, um, and, and then Floyd. And I think that was just, that was a breaking point for a lot of people. And yeah. they brought with them all of the anger and frustration of being pent up and having all this economic yeah. hard, hardship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, wear your masks folks. Yeah. yeah. Wear your masks. So, just to bring this full circle here, music. I, <laughs> the, the crazy thing is, and this is one of those things I, do, I can't honestly chalk it up to like, it's a coincidence for sure, but it's one of those, is it a coincidence? Question mark. Watch it. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I've been going through and cataloging my vast LP collection. It's mm-hmm. not vast, but it's it's growing. Um, and so whenever I'm I'm collecting, I'm I'm going through and I'm, picking out albums that I really love that I don't have on vinyl yet. And uh, from Discogs a couple of weeks ago, I ordered a bunch of jazz records, including Miles Davis at Carnegie Hall. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I kind of forgot about the order because I literally placed it, I think, three weeks ago. And then all this stuff went down and Adam Neely's post came up about Miles Davis. And lo and behold, today, uh, guess what came in the mail? There it is. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so this is... Uh, uh, Miles at Carnegie Hall. This is from May 19th, 1961. So not too far removed from mm-hmm. the time period that we're talking about. And on the back, it says oh. John John. John John. 
Huh. <laughs> Which that? is why I was able to get it at such a cheap price. Because some idiot named John had written all over the back of it. But... <laughs> I thought it was like some sort of like cryptic tie-in to something. <laughs> no, no, no. No, not at all. It foreshadowed um, JFK's death, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so it all just kind of came together. So I thought, uh, you know, for my music selection, since we've been talking about this anyway, and it's from the same time period, I would play a track from that. And I want to play Olio, which is the opening track yeah. off of Side B from oh, this. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And uh, if you haven't heard it before, be prepared to get uh, blown away by some speed and tone and beauty from Mr. Miles Davis. So, guys, this is a different one, but I'm glad we glad we did it. Yeah, yeah. I, it felt weird to not talk about it. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad true. that we did. True. No, and you know, to put it all in summary, you know, no, basically, <laughs> with this, with maybe the possible exception of like some classical music or maybe some more Eastern influence things. Black culture is responsible for all the music we listen to and enjoy, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's, I I mean, I want to, I want to be an ally, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I consider myself an ally because, you know, I, you know, we, we go through and just living in the musical Petri dish and playing this music you mm-hmm. have to be Absolutely. become. You have to you know, be a sim- sympathetic ear and a sympathetic you have to, person. Yeah, you do, mm-hmm. and because people pick up on that very quickly, and you'll. Yep. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, you know it's what not. I mean. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard, you know. And the music deserves respect, and the culture deserves respect, and uh, you know, it's hopefully on its way to to acquiring that that respect naturally, and and we won't have to just keep cycling back. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, well said, man. Well said. All right, gents. I think this is you should check it out. Signing off. Indeed. Um, we'll see you next week, and and uh, keep your heads up, and and uh, stay strong, and Black Lives Matter, and uh, wear, wear your, your mask. mask. <laughs> wear your masks. <laughs> Damn straight. Here's Olio. Here's Mr. Miles Davis. Peace, guys. See you. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.